Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Good morning. Welcome in. It is the Sunday service. It's the return of the Sunday service, Sunday Mass. I'm Reverend Arkan. Nice to have you with us here this morning on this Sunday, the 21st of January. And, uh, well, I, you're probably hearing my voice now thinking, no way. No way they let him go to Winter Weekend this year again. And uh, I'll tell you this, I am not live from Winter Weekend. I am not. Uh, I am live from uh, my basement, as a matter of fact. Bad weather out there, so I'm, uh, I'm uh, remote, a remote Sunday service for you here. But... It is uh, it's where we got to start here today because there is just I I honestly there was a lot of football last night a lot of football over the weekend uh, we're right in the midst of division weekend and we will talk football today we got a lot of Patriot stuff to get to as well uh, I'm going to talk about Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson and uh, the games coming up today which you can hear right here by the way on Weei Westwood One uh, coverage starting at I think two thirty before the uh, before the Bucks game. So don't worry, there will be plenty of football. But uh, this Sunday service, and the first one in a while, so if you're a long-time listener of the service, first of all, I thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun doing a Sunday football show with Gresh, but uh, now now that the Patriots are officially dead and buried for the year, it is time to uh, take it back to church. And we will begin in Springfield. I'm not in Springfield, but we'll begin in Springfield because really, I'd say it's probably best for everybody that I'm not out there this weekend after the way that things are going, after the comments made by Sam Kennedy uh, yesterday. And listen, I'm not going to spend this whole time ripping on Sam Kennedy because much like Hyam Bloom and Craig Breslow and all these other people that sort of have to go out there and be meat shields for this ownership group, I don't really blame Sam Kennedy. You know, you may not like his style. You may not like the way he sort of... Uh, delivers the message and everything, but that's what he is. He's the messenger, okay? It's not his call to not spend. It's not his call to drop the payroll. He's just the one who has to go out there and tell everybody this. So I'm not going to make this all about Sam Kennedy. We will play some of the stuff that he said. We will play the reaction that he got when he came out for that Whatever that thing with Papelbon was yesterday, it was like uh, the Tonight Show with Jonathan Papelbon out in Springfield where uh, he did this uh, this sort of uh, talk show situation. He had everybody out there, Breslow, uh, Kennedy was there, other people were there. And that is when you heard the money quote, basically, from Kennedy, which is that the payroll's probably going to be lower this year than it was last year. And I don't know why that – we shouldn't be surprised by this, should we? Like, is anybody honestly shocked to hear those words? Is anybody honestly shocked to hear that Red Sox ownership is uh, is going about it this way? Because I'm not. I mean, I don't. I don't think that there's. It's weird to hear it. It's weird for someone in uh, in charge to come out and say it. It'd be one thing if you know we got to the season, the off season ended, you get to spring training, and the roster is what it is, and then they come out and say, "Hey, you know, we really tried. We really tried to get uh, Yamamoto. We really tried to get Shohei Otani. We really tried to get Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery and all these other pitchers, and it just didn't work out." And instead, they're saying that in January, they're saying it in January, and I know Yamamoto and Otani and some of those guys already signed. But there's still some pretty big names out there, and they all but signaled to you, yeah, we're not in on any of them. We're not in on any of those guys. We are going to cut more payroll. You like that Chris Sale trade? You like that Alex Verdugo trade? Good, because that's the type of moves we're making this year. That's what we're up to this year. We are slashing payroll. Everything must go. We are trying to get down. What are they even trying to get to, $200 million? Uh, and listen, I mean, we talk about hundreds of millions of dollars like it's nothing, but look who you're competing with. Look who you're up against. 
Look what the look at the state of the of the major leagues right now. And uh, Tom Werner had some interesting comments about this as well. Basically, trying to uh, make us all feel so gaslighting Red Sox fans, as if to say, hey, you know, it's not like they give the trophy out to the team who spent the most money. No, that's true. They don't. You don't get a prize for spending the most money. But you generally don't win when you don't spend anything. You don't. You generally don't win when you're slashing payroll from your last place team that you had last year and uh, making them worse. Because make no mistake about it, you may not have liked Alex Verdugo, you may not have liked Chris Sale, uh, but Chris Sale was your best starting pitcher last year. Uh, maybe after Brian Bayo, but you know you look at the numbers; they were pretty similar. And Bayo kind of, as much as I like him, didn't have a great uh, end of the year. And Sale only pitched 100 innings. So I mean, yeah, trading Sale, no big deal. Are you not going to replace him? You trade Alex Verdugo. No big deal. Alex Verdugo seemed like a malcontent. Uh, we all know what Jonathan Papelbon had to say about Alex Verdugo and what Verdugo had to say about the Red Sox. But are you not replacing him with anything? Is this you're just cutting payroll? People are leaving. They're walking out the door. That's the way this is going. You got to be kidding me. That's unbelievable. The fact and here's the thing. I was at Winter Weekend last year. I had just started at EEI maybe, I don't know, a month prior, and uh, Ken sent me an email. He said, hey, we're going to have you broadcast live out in Springfield for winter weekend. I said, great. And I interviewed Hyam Bloom. I interviewed uh, Tanner Houck and Chris Martin, a couple other guys. And this was the day after, the morning after, they had had their town hall. And if you remember, the town hall didn't go great. John Henry was there. Tom Warner was there. Hyam Bloom was there. Uh, Alex Cora was there. And I think uh, Carabas was up there, too. No one booed Carabas. Everybody likes Carabas. And everybody liked Cora, too, as a matter of fact. No one booed Cora. But the other three just got mercilessly booed. I thought they were going to have to pull up the chicken wire like in the Blues Brothers when they play at that cowboy bar and everyone's just chucking crap at them the whole time. Like, I thought they were going to have to do that. And I think maybe that's the reason why they didn't do that this year. John Henry said, bleep this. I don't need this. I don't need to go there and get booed by a bunch of people in Springfield again. I'm not doing this. Uh, And he had a scheduling conflict, so clearly he wasn't there. Why wasn't he there? I mean, a scheduling conflict? You have a scheduling conflict when... You know, it's something really important. Jonathan Kraft, scheduling conflict. Couldn't be there for the Gerard Mayo press conference. John Henry, scheduling conflict. Can't be there for Red Sox winter weekend. Do any of his other teams in the Fenway Sports Group, do they have winter weekends? Do they have anything like that? You know, where do you have to be? Do you have to be in Pittsburgh? Did he have to be in England? Did he, what, did they have like a, a car, a, a race car too? They were at some race. Like, where, where were you? Where were you guys? I'd love to know that. I'd love to know where, uh, where John Henry was and why he decided, uh, you know, this isn't going to be happening for me this year. And it's not just that he didn't show up. It's that they won't face the music. They'll give you the bad news. They'll make someone like Sam Kennedy or somebody else give you the bad news, and they'll go run and hide. And that's upsetting. Um, I didn't think that it could go worse than last year. I didn't think that last year could be topped. And the reason why not is because I thought last year represented a very low point in Red Sox history. I mean, it just, you know, look at what look at what that season became. We'll we'll get into this in a little bit because I was I mean, we were doing our show down at Fenway. Uh down in our Fenway studio every week. And every week we saw fans of opposing teams walk into that stadium and walk down Causeway Street and walk down Jersey Street and take the place over. There's a video circulating around right now, and you probably saw it. You probably saw it when it happened, of Dodgers fans marching down Causeway Street like it's Mardi Gras. It was like that a lot. I mean, it was that wasn't the only time. That was the biggest one for sure, but that wasn't the only time. To lower your payroll and decide, you know, this is this is the track that we're on. Hyam Bloom was here for five years. We traded Mookie Betts. We moved on from all these players. We made really one deal at any of the deadlines that I can remember that did anything, and that was uh, Kyle Schwarber, which, by the way, was the one time they were in the playoffs, like the one time they weren't in last place in the High and Bloom uh, experience. And other than that, it was just nothing. I mean, it was really it was prospects, hoarding prospects, and we all were mad at Bloom for that, remember? Oh, come on, make a trade. Stop holding on so tightly to these prospects. They're just prospects. You've got to make the team better at some point, don't you? And we all thought, okay, well, now the Bloom's fired and they're bringing in Breslow. Things are going to change. And things could have changed this offseason. This offseason could have been something special for the Red Sox. 
Instead, everybody went to L.A. Everybody went to the Dodgers. It was like two years ago, everybody went to the Padres. And now it's the Dodgers. SoCal, looking good these these days. Although I will say the Padres, what, they go into debt? <laughs> the Padres Padres had to take out a loan to pay all those guys, and then they still ended up missing the playoffs. So it's not always, it's not like that works every single time. But going into the season, I'll tell you what, Padres fans were charged up. They were a lot more pumped up about their team than the Red Sox were. And at the very least, you can say there was some excitement with that team, some excitement surrounding the ball club and the ballpark down there at uh, Petco, whatever it's called. For the Red Sox, it was a dud of an offseason. It was a dud of a regular season, and now it's a dud of an offseason again. And really, I mean, this offseason could have been something. And it still could be. But I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath that they're going to make any of these moves. Kennedy came out and told you we're dro- we're cutting payroll. It's going to be lower than last year. Yeah, we got, we got rid of Chris Sale. We traded Chris Sale. We're not replacing him. And think about all the guys that could have been, hey, Yamamoto, Otani, Blake Snell, who's still out there, by the way. Jordan Montgomery's still out there, by the way. And the Texas Rangers, who won the World Series because they spent – they went out there and spent. They spent on Nathan Avaldi. They spent on Jake DeGrom. I know he got hurt, but, I mean, they went out there and made an effort. <clears throat> they made an effort to really put a team together that could compete. And they're in the West. they got to deal with Houston. they got to deal with, you know, the Seattle. Like they, There's some tough teams out there, and Texas made it work. It doesn't even seem like the Red Sox are trying to make it work anymore. And you had a chance to really improve. The Red Sox weren't that far off from being a playoff team in August. Remember in August there were what? There was a point where they were only one game out of the wild card. And this is a time in Major League Baseball where everybody makes the playoffs. And the Red Sox are just sort of taking a pass on all this. Eh, it's okay. Eh, playoffs, whatever. And I'm starting to wonder, as I put this all together, as I as I sort of analyze the behavior and the and the machinations of, of this ownership group here in twenty twenty four. I'm starting to wonder, is this maybe part of the part of the business model now? Like, we don't really need to spend on the team that much. We don't really need to worry about our fans that much. We'll be all right, just so long as we got all these Dodger fans and Mets fans and Blue Jays fans and really all the fans, every team they played. Every time there was a homestand, you'd see the, the fans of the other team just fill the place up. And I wonder if that's just sort of okay with them. And if it is, that really sucks because – you're really ignoring your own fans. No one wants to go out and see your team. Who wants to go out and see the Red Sox? Last year, they had a couple of guys. I mean, Devers, obviously, is a good player. And, you know, Bayo started the year well. Yoshida, people like, you know, like there was some there's some guys worth watching. But no one that you're dying to go out and rush to the ballpark and go see. No can't-miss players. No can't-miss anything. And what ended up really happening was, you know, they, they banged out the park. But it was a lot of fans of other teams. And I'm starting to wonder if they're just okay with that. And if they are, well, what's the point of still owning the team? <laughs> like, why, why, why hold on? You got a big portfolio in, in sports right now in the Fenway Sports Group. You might have to call it something else if you sell the Red Sox. Maybe you don't call it Fenway Sports Group anymore. You can call it the Henry Warner uh, you know, group or whatever you want. But I just I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Lowering the payroll? You're going to lower the payroll? There's people to sign. If it was if it was the type of offseason where there weren't a lot of big names, where there wasn't really anybody worth signing, where there weren't holes on your roster that you could fill, I'd maybe understand. I wouldn't like it, but I'd understand it. There are top-flight starting pitchers going all over the place, coming from Japan, out there in free agency. I have no uh, no expectation that any of them are going to be Red Sox. And don't tell me that this is how it's always been, because it's not. When they won the World Series in 2018, they had the highest payroll. 2013, top five. 07, top five. 04, top three. I mean, you know, like, they don't give you a trophy for spending the most. But these guys have been around the block enough times to realize that if you want to win, if you want to compete, you got to spend. And if you're not spending, and not only not spending, but, but slashing... Slashing payroll and not replacing it? Like, what is that? How do they think that's going to come off? They know how it's going to come off. That's why they didn't go to Winter Weekend. They know how that looks. They know what it is. And they don't care. You know, show up to the park or don't. If you don't, then we'll sell, we'll sell your seat to a Dodger fan. 
And that's the new business model. I hate to say it, Red Sox fans, but until they prove otherwise, until they go out there and sign somebody, until they go out there and try and make this team better, instead of just relying on the work that Hyam Bloom did to get prospects and keep them, then what else are they signaling to you? What else are they trying to tell you? Because that's what it sounds like to me. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Um, we'll take calls all day. I'm on till 11. And uh, we got football to talk about as well. But I'm going to stay on the Red Sox for a little bit here because um, the opponents, that whole thing last year, it was real. It was a... It was real and it was not fantastic. Unless you were a Dodger fan or unless you were in town for uh, with some other team, in that case, it was a uh, it was a great summer. But for the Red Sox, it was pretty miserable. It's pretty miserable to show up at Fenway and know that you're outnumbered by the other team's fans. And that's sort of where we stand right now. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. We'll continue with more uh, right after trending with me. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. WEEI's coverage of Red Sox Winter Weekend is co-sponsored by McFarlane Energy, the heating, cooling, and bioheat delivery pros that Eastern Mass and all of Cape Cod depend on at McFarlaneEnergy.com. By the E.L. Harvey Companies, including NOSIC Disposal and MEGA Disposal, your local trash collection and recycling providers. And by Aviva Trattoria, Italian-inspired, locally made from fresh, whole, locally sourced ingredients. We're back. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Please welcome to the set Red Sox president and CEO Sam Kennedy and Chief Baseball Operations for the new year, Greg Breslow. That's what it sounds like for the second straight year. And listen, this isn't like in the NHL at the All-Star game or in the in the Stanley Cup Finals when the commission, when Bettman comes out and gets booed. It's not like, you know, ah, we just boo them every single year. No, no, no. They're not going to get booed after a good season. I don't remember anybody booing John Henry after the World Series win. I don't remember any of that happening. Red Sox fans, listen. Red Sox fans may be a lot of things. But we're not stupid. And we know when someone's trying to just put one over on us, and we know when people are trying to pander or uh, talk down. And I'm sorry, but the, the, Ken and Curtis, I thought, did a very good job yesterday with uh, with Kennedy and Warner when they interviewed him. And we don't have that audio for you, but I can read some of the comments here. They're posted on WEEI.com. Um, Curtis was the one who sort of uh, brought it up first saying that he doesn't believe, and he's speaking on behalf of Red Sox fans here, uh, that he doesn't believe that ownership cares as much about winning as they did when they first bought the team. And the last decade even, too. The last two decades, I'd say. The 2000s and the 2010s. When they were, you know, up in the top five in payroll and they were winning World Series every couple years and, you know, always competitive. Maybe not always, but when they'd uh, fall off, you knew they were going to be back stronger and better. Um. Warner responded to this by saying, I think your perception is inaccurate. We suffer as much at every loss as we've always suffered. We embrace the success. What success? Our desire to win another championship. I've got five rings on my hand, and I want one more ring, and I can't wait as a baseball fan for the start of 2024. We can, Tom. We can wait. We can wait all winter. In fact, you know, no one's really excited about the start of this year. You're not going to have a charged-up, excited fan. If you keep going this path that you're on right now, 
and you uh, you hold yourself to those promises you made about cutting payroll, you are not going to have an energized, charged up fan base coming to these games. I guarantee it. You're going to have your you know you're going to have your fans stopping in for their one game a year. You're going to have your fans coming down from Maine and New Hampshire and Vermont and, you know, coming up from Rhode Island for that one game a year, that one uh, trek they make to, to Fenway. But if you're talking about an energized fan base, you're talking about a fan base that's excited for the start of the season? You kidding me? I can only tell you, Werner said, and Sam will speak for himself, that John and I and everybody in the front office is as excited about the future of the Red Sox as we've always been, proud of what we've done, but hungry for more success. I believe that they're proud of what they've done, of what they've done. I believe that. I don't believe any other part of that. Are you hungry for more success? Really? You hungry? You got that fire in your belly for more success? Could have fooled me. Uh, you can't. You can't trot the president out there to talk about how payroll's getting slashed, and then say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we're still hungry for more success." You could have more success. Anybody, any idiot, could tell you what the holes in the lineup are. Or, or what this team needs. You don't have to be some baseball savant who's working in the front office uh, going over all these advanced metrics to try and figure out which guy to pick. No, 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 no. Anybody could tell you that this team needs starting pitching. They don't have a very strong rotation. They have a bunch of in-between guys. They cut a bunch of corners last year with Kluber and Sale and the rest of the rotation. Uh, Bayo is someone that is promising, sure, but he's not going to anchor this rotation all by himself, and there's no one behind them. I mean, really, there's no one. And there's available starting pitchers out there in the market right now. They're out there to be had. You can go out there and get them. You just got to spend the money. And they don't seem interested in that. That would be an instant, an instant fix to one of their biggest problems, just spending a little money. Kennedy pushed back as well. He says, anyone who says they're not as dedicated as they've always been, talking about ownership and upper management, is a liar. Is a liar. I know I opened the show by saying, you know, Kennedy, I'm not going to bash on Kennedy too much because I don't really think this is his thing. Don't call us liars. Don't call us liars. That's not, you know, like, it's one thing to sort of ignore the team. And say, sorry, fans, you just gotta you just gotta deal with this team we're putting together. We're not gonna invest in it. But then don't don't gaslight, don't come out and say, Oh, if you don't think we're as involved as we were back when we were signing Manny Ramirez and you know David Ortiz and uh, you know JD Drew and all these other guys we spent all this money on, Dave Dombrowski going out there, getting David Price and trading for Chris Sale and doing all those things. If you think that we're not as into the team as we were back then, you're a liar. Okay. Well, I guess I'm a liar then. <laughs> I guess I'm a liar. I guess Curtis is a liar. I guess Ken's a liar. I guess everybody else in the entire... Who's the, did anybody... Could anybody defend that? Bradford, maybe? I guess Bradford's not the liar. But, like, everybody else. And not just us, okay? Because we're the media. We're radio. It's our job to sort of get on people for stuff like this. You're saying that to the fans. You're calling fans liars. Maybe don't insult the fans. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Maybe maybe don't don't call them names when you're not really when you're signaling to them through your words and actions that this year this upcoming season isn't really one that is uh is going to be any better than the last one. And not only that, uh we're we're going to be uh, cutting payroll rather than adding to it. If you think we're not as dedicated, you're a liar. Kennedy said your point is that these issues come up around a lack of focus. And it may not be important. It's almost a zero-sum way. And what I mean by that is, when you finish last two years in a row, of course there's going to be questions. We have to acknowledge that. We have to own that. In October of 21, there was not one bit of discussion around the lack of focus. So 2021, he's talking about that playoff run they went on, which was pretty unexpected. I'll be honest with you. That was an unexpected playoff run. I didn't think that team had that in them. They got hot at the right time. They made a move at the trade deadline, which we'll get back to that in just a second here. But it wasn't just one move. They traded for a couple relievers, uh, Robles and uh, Big Fudge, whatever that guy's name was, Davis. And uh, and they brought in Kyle Schwarber. And that was all of that. I mean, it was all pretty good moves. They could have done more, but those were good moves. And Schwarber was a, a big hit in that lineup, and the team got hot, and bam. 
all the way to the ALCS. That was also three years ago. It's three years ago. Kennedy went on. There was no discussion of Liverpool or investment in other areas. You know why? Fenway Park was electric. He didn't say Fenway Park was freaking electric. <laughs> Language. I've never felt Fenway Park the way it felt for a one-game playoff against the Yankees when Xander Bogarts took Garrett Cole deep. You never – that was the most electric Fenway's ever been, Sam? Come on. <laughs> Anybody who thinks that Fenway was the most electric it's ever been on that day as opposed to, I don't know, 04 <laughs> when Dave Roberts stole the base or, you know, any of those other – David Ortiz's home run. How about David Ortiz's home run in 2013 against Detroit? Fenway wasn't a little more electric then, you don't think? <laughs> Ugh. I've never felt Fenway the way it felt in that one-game playoff against the Yankees. The place almost came down. I know it was 21. It was a couple years ago. But why? We were winning baseball games. We were playing in October. We've had two sucky seasons like we've had, and these are natural questions. We have to take them. But I can tell you, as a kid who grew up less than a mile from Fenway Park, if you think for one second that we are passionate, committed, dedicated to the Red Sox, you're wrong, you're a liar, and I'll I'll correct you on it because it's total BS. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, what are, you, what are you supposed to say to that? What are you supposed to say to that? I understand he's got a job to do. He's in charge. He's the president of the team. But what can you say to that? How can you say that with a straight face? How can you lie to your fans like that? Oh, that's brutal. That is brutal. If this is, if this in their mind, and I'll just, I'll take it at face value. If in their mind... They think that the way they're running the team right now is the same level of commitment that they were running it in the 2000s and the 2010s? If that's really what they believe, and I don't think it is, but if that's really what they believe, what are we doing here? Like, what? How are you supposed to react to that? What are Red Sox fans supposed to do? How are they supposed to... How are they supposed to acknowledge these things that he's saying? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I really don't because it seems like they're trying to they're trying to make this the new normal. Because this isn't how it's always been. We all know this isn't how it's always been. If you're a younger listener right now, I'm telling you, it's not how it's always been. And if you're like really young, like five years old, then you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you're like 19 or something, if you're like a teenager, a baseball-loving teenager, and I know there's not many of you out there, but if, the, if that's who you are, this isn't how it used to be. If you don't really remember the, you know, the heyday of the Dombrowski years, even though it was only six, seven years ago, but, like, if you're if you're sort of of that age, then you might be thinking, yeah, you know, it's tough. It's tough to go out there and spend, look at all these other teams. It used to be like that when I was a kid. When I was a kid, the Red Sox were always chasing the Yankees, and the Yankees with George Steinbrenner would spend, 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 spend. I remember it was 2000, 2001, whatever it was, when they got Raul Mondesi. They had this stacked team already. You know, I mean, they were just it was Jeter and Williams and Clemens and Pettit and all them, but Rivera, like, they were, they were just a ridiculous wagon, the Yankees were, in the 90s and 2000s. And they kept on spending. And the Red Sox, trying to compete with them, went out and got Manny Ramirez. They tried to get Mike Messina, but Messina went to the Yankees. And there was an arms race going on. And you could tell it was personal. You could tell it was personal with ownership. Fans certainly took it personal. And you had this, like, you had this guy in George Steinbrenner who just represented everything that was evil about baseball and you just wanted to beat him, you know? He was like a boss in a video game. You just wanted to go out there and beat Steinbrenner and beat the Yankees. There was a mission, you know? There was, like, a mission statement. I don't know what the mission of this team is. It seems like it's to get under $200 million in payroll. I think that's the mission. And that sucks because, I mean, listen, obviously times have changed over the last 20-something whatever years since, uh, since George Steinbrenner and, uh, and the heyday of the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. But the mission? You going to tell me that hasn't changed at all? I just I, I don't buy that. I don't think anyone buys that. I don't understand how you could. What's the mission of this Red Sox team? Is it to develop young players? It seems like that's a big part of it, sure. It seems like that's a big part of what they're doing. They're trying to bring these uh, 
bring these young players in, these prospects, get them up to double A, and then try and get them ready to uh, play in the majors. And, you know, listen, there's something to be said for that. Tampa Bay Rays have been doing that for a long time. Tampa Bay Rays don't have money to spend. The Tampa Bay Rays have to do it that way. And it's kind of worked for them, kind of not. They haven't won anything. You know, for all the praise and talk about Moneyball and Billy Bean and all that in Oakland, what did they ever win? It's nice to be able to get a team, a plucky underdog team, and have them go out there and compete with the with the big market teams. But that's not you, Red Sox. That's not you, Sam. That's not you, Tom. It's not you, John. You know what you are. And to say, hey, you know, we're real frustrated too. Are you? Because it doesn't seem like it. And I'll tell you why. I was sitting there in the Fenway studio, looking out on the Causeway Street as those Dodgers fans marched down, marched down the street. Blasting, you know, <laughs> Dr. Dre and Tupac. <laughs> I was I was there. I watched out the window as a sea of blue and white overtook Causeway Street. I couldn't even see across the street to the House of Blues. I couldn't even see the wall. I couldn't see the marquee. I couldn't see anything. All I could see was blue and white. That's it. And guys walking around in Mookie Betts jerseys and Clayton Kershaw jerseys and, you know, all these Dodgers having the time of their lives. <clears throat> And you know what I thought? I thought no way is ownership and management going to let this happen again. This is a low point. This is this is the type of thing that you you look out the window from your office, you look down and you see this and you think, "Oh my god. Look look what's happened. Look where we are." This team, this team was in the ALCS 2 years ago. And now look at this. We're getting invaded by Dodgers fans and Mets fans and Blue Jays fans. Basically, every fan base of every team that came to Fenway, except the Rockies for some reason. (laughs) I don't know why. Rockies fans didn't travel last year, but everybody else did. Literally, everybody else did. Tampa and Houston and Seattle and every team that you uh, had to Fenway, which is all of them at some point. You know, they all came in and they all took over the park. And not all of them were as dramatic as that Dodgers parade. But that Dodgers parade, to me, I mean, here's the team that not only is blowing past you in spending, but the team that now has Mookie Betts, who I think symbolizes in a lot of ways exactly what the mission statement of these new Red Sox are. Trading Mookie Betts was a disgrace. And I don't blame High and Bloom for that. If Craig Breslow was a guy in charge at that point, they would have made him do it too. And there they are in their Mookie Betts jerseys, marching down the street, right in your face. And instead of ownership seeing that and looking at that and going, never again, I feel like they looked at that and thought, huh, hey, it's a new business model. We don't have to spend on our team because, look, look at all these paying customers. Look at all these paying customers marching in the streets. They're going to come right in here, sit down, buy our hot dogs, buy our beer. Maybe they'll buy a brick. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? If all the Dodgers fans bought up the bricks and it was all bricks for Dodgers fans all over Fenway Park. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it looked like. That's what it looked like. It looks like that's the business model now. And they had a chance to really make a statement about that. They had a chance to get out in front of it and say, hey, we hate what happened last year. We hate There was a visceral reaction. We did not care for that. And instead, they're cutting payroll. Not only are they cutting payroll, they're cutting payroll and then telling you, the fans and everybody else, if you think we're not as invested as we were, you're a liar. (laughs) I saw the parade, Sam. I saw it. I was right there. I was right up close. I saw that parade. Don't tell me you're as committed as you used to be. The old Red Sox ownership group would have seen that, and they would have flipped out. They would have said, oh, no, not in our house. You're not doing that here at Fenway. We're getting our fans back, and we're going to do it this offseason. We're going to get Otani, Yamamoto. We're going to get whoever we need to get to get these fans back on our side. And instead, they went out and signed Tyler O'Neill. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, what else What else do you need to see? 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Jonathan is in Randolph. Uh, he gets us started here on the phones. Hi, Jonathan. 
Uh, hey, Reverend, great that you're back from your uh, pilgrimage. Thank um, you. The, the thing that confuses me about the Red Sox business model, you're absolutely right that, you know, a, a way fan in the stadium is just as much money in John Henry's pocket as a Red Sox fan. But, and I know this is probably state secrets with the Fenway Sports Group, but the Nesson ratings have, we know enough that they're in the toilet. So is, is the sta- status of, you know, advertising rates on these regional sports network in the toilet so it doesn't matter that the ratings are just terrible, they'll still make just as much money with a garbage team? Because that's the factor I don't get because that's where a lot of this money comes from and, and a garbage team is going to have worse local ratings. But if maybe they're just not making much money with Nesson advertising anymore and so their business model is the stadium. But that's the thing I'm confused about because you're right about the stadium. All tickets are equal, but the ratings have got to be giving them a hit. And yeah, so I would think so. I think. Go ahead, John. No, he's gone. All right. Well, anyway, I would just say this. I don't know what the ratings for Nesson were. I can't imagine they were very strong. But I do think in 2021 when they got down the stretch in that, uh, in that pennant race that they were. People were invested. People cared. People did show up at the park, and they were loud, and it was electric. It's not like he's wrong about that. It wasn't more electric than it was in 04 or, you know, 2018 or 2013 or 07 or anything. But, like, yeah, there was there was interest there. There's still interest. It's not like Red Sox fans all stopped caring. The problem is they think that ownership has stopped caring. And rather than prove that they haven't, they're coming out at winter weekend and saying, oh, no, no, we, we definitely still care, and if you don't think we care, you're a liar. <laughs> It's like, well, how about you show it then? How about you prove it to us somehow? Is that is that too much to ask that instead of just calling us liars, you go out and sign somebody? Could that could you make that happen maybe? Could you get a starting pitcher? Maybe maybe two? If you went out and signed Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery today, I guarantee you attitudes would change. Mine would. I'm not I'm not alone. I think if you went out there and really fortified that rotation, and you have to spend money to do it, you don't have young pitchers coming up in your system. You got some guy, you got some position players, but you don't have any aces coming up in the system. You don't have any can't-miss pitchers. And maybe someone will turn out to be like a diamond in the rye. I mean, I don't know. Who the hell knows with these prospects? Who knows if any of them are even going to be ready to play this year? You got guys who just made it to double A. They're going to play this year? You sure about that? Or are you just kind of writing this year off again? Yeah, they'll be ready next year. Okay, well, what about this year? How about you bridge the gap by spending some money? How about you bridge it by bringing in a couple of guys? I don't know, Blake Snell was a Cy Young winner. Jordan Montgomery was a World Series hero. Those guys are right there to be had, and the old Red Sox would have signed them, or at the very least made a much stronger push than they made. Warner comes out, he says, well, we weren't really aligned with Yamamoto. We weren't really aligned with Shohei Otani. Yeah, we know. Because you have to spend money to get those guys. <laughs> and the Dodgers are willing to do it. You're not. Um, one other thing. Craig Breslow, I mean, listen. We all remember when Breslow was here, everybody talking about how smart he is and Ivy League educated and all that. No matter who you are, whether you're Craig Breslow, High and Bloom, whoever. If this is the spot that you're put in, where you can't spend, you can't really do anything, and you get, you know, a pat on the back when you trade away Chris Sale, you trade away Alex Verdugo and cut the payroll. If that's really what, you know, what, what the message is coming from upper management is, then you can't expect these guys to be able to go out and put lipstick on this pig, can you? You know, like, what are they supposed to say? We all sort of made fun of High and Bloom for being robotic and, you know, that whole thing last year at Winter Weekend talking about the bets, which, oh, my God, I still remember that. I still remember cringing when he kept saying bets. I just want to be like, Haim, stop saying bets. <laughs> Just stop it. You're just reminding people of Mookie Betts to stop saying that. And now Breslow, it's same kind of, you know, gobbledygook. They have nothing to say. What are they supposed to say? Ownership has rendered them into these, like, babbling robots who can't, you know, can't really say what they want to say and have to go out there and try and make this thing look good. And this doesn't look good. This looks terrible. I mean, really, I didn't think they could have a worse winter weekend than they had last year. And they're doing it. They're really doing it. And that wasn't, I mean, the worst thing I saw yesterday, <laughs> Papelbot, they had one of those, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these at like the fair, where uh, it's like a, a, a net and there's a, a mat in the back with a picture of a catcher and they like uh, have a radar gun and they let a kid throw like three balls and they have to guess what their speed's going to be on the third ball. You know what I'm talking about, Joseph? One of those things they have at like the county fair. 
Yeah, I used to get like, you know, 35 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, dial it up to 35. You oh, guess yeah. the right speed and you win a prize. If you, you can't do uh, it too hard because it'll then you it'll be harder to guess. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, so they had the, they had one of those at Winter Weekend. And Jonathan Papelbon, I just saw this. Uh, Bradford tweeted it. Papelbon comes out and Bradford bets him $100. I bet you can't touch 85. This is Jonathan Papelbon. I know he hasn't pitched in a while, but I figure, you know, this guy used to throw like 99 miles an hour when he played. Papelbon goes out there, first pitch, 77. said, oh, no. Second pitch, 80 miles an hour. Okay. All right, next one he's going to crack 85 for sure. Third pitch, 77 again. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Out of all the things that were, that happened in the last 24 hours at Winter Weekend, that might have broke my heart the most. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We'll get to more of your phones next. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is WEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. All right, back here, Sports Radio, WEI. It's Arcan. It is the Reverend Arcan with a fiery sermon today. I'm not going to do Red Sox all day, but I had to open with this because it's just, I mean, come on. And I'm not at winter weekend either. I don't know if you could tell. (laughs) I'm not not there today. Uh, I was there last year. I'm not there today. And uh, it's probably for the better. I don't want to have to feel like I got to edit myself or, you know, try and try and uh, clean things up here. And I think Ken and Curtis and uh, everybody did a great job yesterday of sort of navigating that. I mean, you're there. There's fans there. People are happy to be there for the most part. But, you know, aside from the people who are in the building, I'm thinking fans are not super happy with this uh, with this group right now. Not super happy with this team. I know I'm not. Uh, let's get to more of your phone calls here before we get to the, uh, the NFL playoffs and the Patriots and all that. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the number. Dave is in Nashua. He's been waiting patiently. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, thanks for the fiery sermon. Thanks to Curtis and Ken and the fans for sending their message. Uh, I've known for quite a while or have assumed that uh, Kennedy's in the in the wrong line of business. He needs to be just in 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 that word. He needs to go and work in business, finance, whatever it is, because for him to call someone a liar is uh, you know a mistake. I mean, basically, he's he's one of two things. He's either disingenuous himself on his and the ownership's dedication, or he's incompetent. It's one of those two. Because it's it's the Hein Bloom is not the pro was not you know the problem, and neither is the uh, the new guy. They need someone, you know, in Kennedy's spot that's about baseball and the team and winning, and uh, not to cross over sports. I'm reserving judgment, but I fear the crafts are starting to speak the same language. Mm. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. All right, thanks, Dave. Good call. Um, Here's my thing on Sam Kennedy. I've been interviewing Sam Kennedy for a long time. I used to work at a station in New Hampshire, uh, up in Nashua, as a matter of fact, uh, called ESPN New Hampshire. It's no longer a station. Um, or it is, but I think they play, like, big band music now or something like that. You know, like uh, uh, Cab Calloway and stuff. <laughs> like, I think that's what gets played up there now. Uh, so RIP ESPN New Hampshire. But I've been, you know, I've been talking with Sam Kennedy for a long time. And I'll say this. When the Red Sox are good and they're spending and they're competitive, Sam Kennedy is a great ambassador for that team. I really believe that. I think that he is a good front-facing guy to be able to go out there and and sort of uh, you know bring the and I when the team's winning, I guess that's maybe an easier job. But I thought he was good at it. I always thought that. I thought he was good at it. You know, he was a he was a, a good ambassador for the team when the team was doing well, or even if they weren't doing well when they were trying. <laughs> you know, they were trying to do well. He would be able to go out there and sort of. Tell fans what they wanted to hear, and uh, and and celebrate with them. And you know he's a local guy, grew up near Fenway, like all that's true. He's a Brookline guy. 
He wasn't, you know, he didn't have the same kind of cachet and uh, and celebrity status as someone like a Theo Epstein or anything. But like, he was he was a, he was a face in the crowd that you sort of recognized and you knew and you liked. Maybe not everybody liked him, but I sort of thought, you know, all right, this this guy's he knows what he's doing. Now I don't think he knows what to do. I don't think he knows how to handle this. And that's a position that ownerships put him in. That's a position that John Henry and Tom Warner have put him in. So I feel kind of bad, honestly. Um, Maria is in Watertown. Go ahead, Maria. Good morning. I was feeling a little bit sinful of late, so I'm glad that you're back on with the Sunday Sunday service because it's as close as I'm going to get to setting foot inside of a church, my friend. But all right, Maria, you um, want to you want to no. do a confession? Go ahead. <laughs> um, my confession is first of all to the people who were doing the wave at the Boston Garden last night at the TD mm-hmm. Garden. Take that nonsense out of my building and keep it at Fenway Park, please. I did okay? not see this uh, in the Bruins, Bruins oh clobbered God. Montreal last night, nine to four. I, the fans probably got kind of bored. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> I would imagine, but like, listen, there, there's a perfectly good way to do that, and that is to to do the uh, Montreal Canadiens ole 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 chant. I'm fine yes. with that. Mm-hmm. Sing that all night long, but get that wave out of my hockey arena. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say about John Henry. You know, I've had my issues with the Jacobs family in terms of how they treat their season ticket holders as virtual ATM machines with with some disdain. But here's what I I will give them credit. At, At least they've learned their lesson and they let their general manager and their president spend to the cap to keep a winning team on the ice and a contending team. What John Henry and the rest of his ownership group is doing to their season ticket holders is nothing short of disdainful and disgusting. And until season ticket holders start walking out and leaving their ticket money on the table, that is the only way that they're going to get a message. I think it's just so deplorable when you set a standard for a winning culture and then you decide oh that's enough we've won enough we've won enough we're going to rest on our goodwill and then you stand up there sam kennedy and you do the owner's dirty work and then you call people liars i'm done with you absolutely done with you thank you for the call maria and listen i i understand your frustration i really do and I didn't like what Sam Kennedy said either, but at least he was there. Where was John Henry? <laughs> you know, where the hell was John Henry? Someone had to go out there and say something. I wish Kennedy had said something else. I wish he wasn't quite as combative as he was. Um, but what are you supposed to say? We're not spending. He told us not to spend. we got to cut payroll. Uh, you don't have to be quite so defiant. And I'll be honest, I didn't think Kennedy had it in him to call everybody liars like that. I really didn't think so. I didn't think that I didn't think that was part of his makeup, but you know what? Working for these guys, I'm sure that takes its toll on you. I, I really do. Um, you know, and by the way, season ticket holders, I forget who had this report, but uh season ticket holders are dropping off. And Red Sox ownership management is emailing these uh former season ticket holders and asking them, "Hey, what'd you drop your season tickets for?" <laughs> it's like what do you think? Why do you think they're dropping their season tickets? <clears throat> Take a wild guess. How about this? I'll give you three guesses and the first two don't count. <laughs> what, what do you think they're dropping them for? Look at, read back everything you've said over the last 48 hours. That's why. That's why. Maybe they don't like being called liars. Maybe they don't like being treated like they're stupid. Like they don't understand when a team's just trying to uh, trim payroll and, and get under budget. And not really worried about wins and losses. Like, maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, real quick, let's get Tom in West Springfield. Tom, quickly. Yeah, see, uh, a couple quick points. Uh, we, so, I'm here with my son, Mikey. We were at Winter Weekend. Uh, couldn't agree more. Mikey, actually, I've had to pay him. He doesn't like to yell. So, I paid him 50 bucks to yell, where's John Henry? Funny <laughs> you just mentioned that. Uh, and then he was quoted in the Boston Herald. Uh, they, the, uh, uh, they noted that in the story. Good the, for him. The, the thing I took away, first of all, Papelbon's media career is over after Friday night. He was a disaster. Really? It was an insult. He was unprepared. I, I thought they were joking about him drinking, but I, I actually think he was drunk. 
and uh, he was a disaster. Uh, uh, they got to drop Papelbon. Uh, the highlight of the weekend for me was the four prospects, Kyle Teal, uh, Roman Anthony, Marcelo Mayer, and Nick York. These guys, I, that's what ownership ought to be saying. Is we're, That's what they ought to be stressing, is we're not trading these guys away because they're great players. And uh, so it was great to see those four guys. Uh, my impression of the Red Sox fans is uh, they were uh, – they're dead. They're deflated. It wasn't like last year with everybody booing. It was just people are, are just losing interest. That's even worse mm. than last year. Uh, and, you know, I'll say to Marie, the prior, prior caller, uh, couldn't agree more on the uh, waves here, but we don't want it at Fenway either. Get rid of the waves here. Real sports fans don't do that. Um, stop doing the freaking waves here in any Boston uh, arena. Thank um, you for the so- call, Tom. Uh, appreciate it. A lot of anti-wave, uh, <laughs> a lot of anti-everyone's uh, got something to say when they call in here. But you know what? Tom's right. Eventually, they're going to stop booing. They're just going to stop showing up. You know? You get that, you get that, uh, that anger, that sort of response. But eventually that fades away, and eventually they'll just stop coming. And I don't think that's what they're—I don't think that's what they're shooting for. But you know the way they're treating this offseason, you could fool me. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. All right, I've uh, been yelling about the Red Sox for a full hour here, so we're going to switch over to the Patriots and the big week that they've had. We'll talk a little bit about the division weekend, which is still ongoing, by the way. We got all sorts of football for you coming up here later on today on Boston Sports Original WEEI, and we'll do all that right uh, right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 